Welcome, everyone. I just want to say hi and, and thank you all for being here today. Um, as Raquel said, this event wouldn't be possible without you, the participants, and it wouldn't be possible without the vendors. So please, when we finish here in a little while, please make sure you go around and say hi and talk to all the vendors. Um, <clears throat> they're here for you, so go and talk to them and see them. We would really appreciate that. For those of you who don't know what the National Federation of the Blind San Fernando Valley Chapter is, um, we are a chapter part of the National Federation of the Blind of California, which is a part of the National Federation of the Blind, a national organization which strives to, to let the, the community know that uh, blindness is something that anyone can live with. It's something that you can be a, a very productive citizen of, the, of society. And so we in the San Fernando Valley chapter, and there are many other chapters up around the state, we, we do many activities throughout the year. Uh, Best in Tech is just one of our events that we do. We have been horseback riding, going on a Harley motorcycle ride, uh, which we will be doing again this year in May. So if anyone's interested, you can stop by our NFP table and talk to us about it. We'd love to discuss it with you. So we do these events so that we get out in the community, we, we show that it is possible to get out, be independent, and do things as a blind person so that, the, so that sighted people in the community know that it's okay to be blind and you can live a well-productive life. <clears throat> now, I'd like to introduce to you the person that is going to be our MC for the rest of this main presentation. So, for the rest of the presentations, Dr. Bill Takeshta. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Hey. Well, as, as Raquel and Robert both said, we really, really, really appreciate all of you for coming out to this event. It's a lot of work to put together an event like this, and it costs a lot of money. And this morning when I found out that it was raining, I thought, oh, no, nobody's going to come. But uh, thank you guys so much, and we hope that you learn a lot. And we want to thank all of our vendors. Uh, the vendors have all so generously offered to have raffles at their booths. And uh, I think that just having that chance of winning some of this type of technology is really well worth your time. But technology is something that I, I really feel so, so grateful for. This has been the fourth year now for me that uh, I've been a totally blind person. And I realize that with the technology that's available, my life really isn't that much different than what it was before. I could get on the computer, I could write documents, I could grade papers, I could scan things, I could read things. I could access virtually all the information that I want to using my computer and all this other kinds of equipment. You know, the iPhone is something that has really made me be able to get information wherever it is that I'm at. And it's been very, very helpful. And if you were able to attend the workshops this morning, the Freedom Scientific Workshop, and to learn about the new features 
of their screen magnification program, Magic. I mean, it's amazing. It is really amazing what's available. So all of us who are visually impaired or if we're totally blind, you know, all that we could say is, thank goodness that we're alive today. Well, our first speaker today is a gentleman that I've known for a really, really a long time. And, uh, you know, it seems to me I've, I've known him ever since he was a, a little boy. I remember the first time that I met him, I was teaching a class for Cal State Los Angeles, and the students came to our center to learn about the different tools and equipment that we use when we perform a low vision examination at the Center for the Partially Sighted. And this one student was just so animated, and he had all these questions, and I just wanted him to be quiet so we could finish and go home. <laughs> but he stayed on, and we talked, and we talked, and we became friends, and we realized we had a lot of things that were in common. We liked electronics, and we liked music, and we were both trying to figure out how we could get our girlfriends to marry us, you know, all that sort of stuff. But it was this man, Keith Christian, who I would say has had the greatest influence on me learning how to live with low vision. When I first received my diagnosis of having a retinal disorder, I was so angry that I just did not want to interact with anybody. And it happened to be a coincidence that my daughter went to middle school at the same school that Keith Christian was teaching at, Nobel Middle School out in the valley. And my daughter says, Dad, come on, we got to go to open house. And I said, oh, you know, why don't you just go with Mom? i got things I have to do. No, Dad, you should come. I want you to meet my teachers. And I thought, oh, gosh, I have to go. <laughs> so like a good dad, I got dressed and went in the car. And my daughter says, hey, Dad, this is Mr. Christian's room right here. Why don't you go in and say hi? And I said, no, he's going to be too busy. Let's go see your teachers and go have dinner. She goes, just go say hi. So I go into Mr. Christian's room. The first thing, he just grabbed me by my arm and he says, come here, I want to show you all of this great stuff. This is all the stuff that my kids have done. And they had a, uh, an aquarium and they had a terrarium and they had music. They, they, they were doing everything in there. And I was so embarrassed because as we were going through his class, he was holding on to my arm. I don't know if he knew whether I could see anything or not, but I felt so uncomfortable. I said, oh, gosh, if people see me walking with him like this, they're going to know that I have a vision problem. I don't want that. But it was something that I was really, really impressed that these kids in, in middle school were doing all of these things. And then he said, come back here. And they had a music room. He said, put on this guitar. He plugs it into the amplifiers, the electric guitar, and he has me do these poses. The next thing I know, he's taking photographs. <laughs> but then it was a, a Saturday, the following Saturday after that open house. Then he calls up early and he says, hey, Dr. Bill, I'm coming over, okay? 
And I said, wait, no, I haven't even taken a shower yet. He says, well, hurry up because I'm in the front of your house right now. <laughs> oh, I run in the shower and I get ready and I'll open the door and things like that. He goes, I'm going to show you how to use jaws. I said, that's going to take a long time. He goes, no, no, no. You'll learn it real quickly. Okay, so let's do it. I don't have a lot of time. And that morning, in a matter of about two hours, he showed me the basics of how to use JAWS, how to send and receive email using Outlook, how to use Microsoft Word. He taught me how to do all kinds of great things. And week after week, he would teach me something new. So I'm really indebted to this man because uh, he got me going into the right direction so that I would start working again. And so without any further ado, I'd like to introduce all to you a great human being, Keith Christian. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> I, I do remember those days, and, and I, remember, I remember having students that didn't have insurance and didn't have... Oh, wait, should I be telling this? Um, <laughs> that, that students didn't have magnifiers or things to, to be able to help them read. And I would ask Dr. Bill, I said, Dr. Bill, what can we do about this? And he would say, you know what? We just made a Dr. Bill foundation. I want you to bring these kids in. We're going to help them get the evaluations that they need. And, they, and, and he would, we'd have a mobility lesson that would take the kids down to the Center for the Partially Sighted. Dr. Bill would see these students and um, basically make sure that they got the eye care and eye exams that they needed. And... Um, and they left with the tools that they needed to be successful in school, and that always made an impression on me. So I was always, I was always very impressed with Dr. Bill, and I, I, there's a special spot in my heart for him, like I'm sure, I'm sure that it is in many of your hearts as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He always makes me smile and laugh. Today I, I, I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about some technology that I use uh, quite frequently in my classroom. And Dr. Bill got a chance to ask about students that are here uh, that were his. And I'd like to do the same thing. Are there any students <coughs> Today I'd like to talk to you a little bit about a couple of products from APH, um, which are the Bookport Plus and the Bookport Plus, uh, Desktop Model. The Bookport Plus has been out for a couple of years now and they just released their new desktop model. They both function pretty much the same, but there are, some, there are a couple differences I'd like to highlight for you and share with you. Both run on batteries, refreshable batteries, and they, they, uh, they're very portable. Um, the Bookport Plus is small, size of a cell phone. You can put it, hold it comfortably in your hand and use it, and you can even put it in your pocket. Um, it's just real nice and small and portable. Um, but if you do carry it in your pocket, I do recommend that you put key lock on uh, because embarrassing moments do arise when it goes off in your pocket or your backpack. So uh, you do want to turn on the key lock. The desktop, the desktop model, it's about 7 inches by 9 and about 2.5 inches thick and weighs about 3 pounds. It's a good size desktop model. Um, the, uh, the Bookport desktop model costs about $450. And the portable one, the, de- the Bookport Plus, is about $330. So they're about $120 more for the, the desktop model. 
They're both excellent digital talking book players. Um, it has the ability, they both have the ability to um, play or read text files, doc files, uh, HTML files, and it reads it to you using synthetic speech, using Heather and Ryan, which are really good voices or synthesizers that are used uh, also like on the iPad and iPhone, really nice voices. Uh, they play DAISY file formats. The DAISY files are really unique files. They, uh, they can be produced in a way that they can be marked up for enhanced navigation. You can jump by, by line, sentence, paragraph, chapters. It's easy to navigate. Really nice file format to be using with the Bookport Pluses. The, uh, there, it also works well with the NLS um, files. NLS is the National Library Service, and they have a, a website, the BARD website, where you can download a great deal of audio content. Um, and they're about to um, update their website where they're going to be putting on, up on BARD um, many of the recordings that were only available on audio cassette. In December, they're going to uh, reopen their website with all the new um, recordings that are now downloadable, which is going to make a lot more uh, content available for us. The Bookport Plus and Desktop both uh, work very nicely with Bookshare. You can download Bookshare books and put them on there. But if you choose to download or if you choose to install their software uh, that, that comes with the Bookports, uh, it makes it very easy to uh, download books transfer them and uh, use the wireless feature of them, of the Bookport Pluses, to get the content onto the, uh, onto the Bookports. It's very simple to use, and it's a, just a real nice, convenient way of getting books downloaded off of Bookshare and copied onto the Bookport Pluses. It also plays Recording for the Blind and Dyslexic, or FB&D, which is now Learning Alley. It plays their uh, content, audible.com. So it, it plays a wide, a wide variety of file formats, but most of our time we're spending using, uh, listening to MP3 files and, and uh, listening to um, music, um, podcasts, and with the Wi-Fi we can listen to uh, web radio stations. So you have a wide variety of content that you can access with the Bookport Plus or the desktop. We do use it a lot for leisure rec stuff and, and fun stuff, but we also use it for improving reading fluency. In my classroom, we copy the stories that the kids are reading onto the Bookport Plus, and they will listen to it while they're reading it in Braille or in large print. What's nice about that is that you can slow the speech down so that the kids can keep up or uh, read as fast as it's playing back and gradually increase the reading speed so that the kids can improve their reading fluency. Uh, we, it's also an excellent recorder. The recording features on the Bookport Plus, you, um, what I like to do is ha have the kids practice reading along with the, re the playback, but also when they're done practicing, then I have them record themselves. They can listen to their pacing, their tone, their, uh, their inflections, and they can 
kids are usually their worst critics. They will identify areas where they need to improve and do better. So I really don't have to say much. They can listen to it and go, you know, I could really do this better or that better. So the recording features, it has a built-in microphone. Both of them have both in, built-in microphones. But if you want high-quality recordings, you can actually plug in an, an external microphone and uh, do even better recordings. The, uh, the, the quality is incredible because you can adjust it manually or have it do audio, uh, automatic gain control. So if you really want to control it manually, you can. But if you want to just have it uh, automatically control it, it'll do that as well. Um, let's see. The, uh, the Bookport desktop has uh, large, it's a large desktop model, so it has large keys. It's easy, if you have low vision, they're easy to see, they're high contrast, easy to press, uh, easy to locate. But if you're blind and can't see them like myself, uh, putting your hands on the device makes it, it's real simple to locate and press and, and, uh, um, and adjust. It has uh, nice large keys for volume. Um, speed increase, decrease, tone, as well as navigation keys. The thing I like about the, uh, the, book, the desktop model the best is that it has a large speaker. You can really crank it up. The music sounds great on it, podcasts, um, the kids reading. Um, it, it really fills the room with, with a, a good volume. It, it sounds great. Um, the desktop model does come with internal memory. It has a 32 gigabytes built-in internal memory. It has a, an SD slot that you can install another 32 gig of memory. It has a USB port also, which you can install another uh, thumb drive, which is uh, up to 32 gigabytes. The USB port on the bottom also is, is uh, made to accept a, 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 an NLS cartridge. So you can use the NLS cartridge on the Bookport desktop as well. It has built-in Wi-Fi, and the Wi-Fi is excellent, as I mentioned, for listening to web radio. But it's also used um, so that you can get content onto the Bookport easily. You can push a button and go into settings and turn on folder mode. And when the folder mode is activated, Basically, it connects to my home network and tells my, my, the software on my computer, hey, there's a book port on, on your network, and it launches the book port or the book transfer software, and it makes it really simple to be able to uh, get content from the computer onto the book port uh, wirelessly. It's an amazing device, highly recommend it. It's also it's available on quota, so if you are a student with a teacher of the visually impaired, you have a teacher, you can advocate for um, a book port, big book port plus or desktop, and tell them you want to improve your reading fluency. How can they argue with you? Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Christian. That was great. Well, our next speaker is somebody that I think that most of you know because um, he, he received the, the loudest uh, applause this morning. I mean, it was just really, really great to hear how so many of you know uh, Sweetman Systems. But um, Bob Sweetman is really one of the most intelligent and knowledgeable people in the field of assistive technology for people with low vision. 
I mean, if you have a question about anything, it could be about using computers, it could be JAWS, it could be a screen magnifier, reading Braille, fixing a CCTV, you could call up Bob Sweetman and he's got the answer. He always does. <laughs> so at this time, Bob's going to talk to us about some of the latest that we have in terms of with Sendero Maps. Thank you, Bob. I'm just hooking up a little uh, sample recording, so it'll just take me a minute to hook that up, but hopefully you'll be able to hear it. Um, my name is Robert Sweetman, and I'm uh, thank you for the uh, thank you for the introduction. I'm here to talk about the Sendero Maps program, and Sendero Maps is is a PC-based product. It's not really a product that you would use. Uh, with GPS, but it helps your GPS work better. So uh, Sendero Maps allows um, virtual navigation on your PC. In other words, you can look around streets, locate businesses, uh, even though you're not actually there. You can, for example, plan routes and then save those routes on your note taker. Or if you have a GPS device uh, that does not have a virtual explore mode, for example, uh, say a Trekker Breeze, which works when you're outside, but doesn't, you can't look around uh, when you're not connected to satellites. But you can, you can, uh, you can, you can print out your your route, or you can emboss your route, and uh, or take just take notes on the route so that you can refer to it while you're traveling with a GPS that does not have uh, virtual, uh, that you know doesn't have virtual capability. Um, in this presentation, I'll talk a little bit about some of the features that Sendero Maps has. Um, address lookup. Uh, you can look up an address and set it as your current location, and then you can look up another address and create a route to that address, that second address. This can be either a vehicle route or it can be a pedestrian route. Uh, the route can be printed or embossed uh, for use when traveling or it can be transferred to a note taker such as a braille note or a braille sense. To look up an address, it's pretty straightforward. You just press Alt with S uh, to open the address lookup dialog, and then you, you use the tab key to move through the input fields uh, and just fill out the information as you go along. Um, you can explore the area. Once you locate an address, you can locate it, uh, explore it virtually. You can browse around your neighborhood or, um, or any other area that you want to look up. And I'll show you briefly what that sounds like. Suppose that I want to look up the address of the Braille Institute and kind of explore around to see what's around the Braille Institute. I can press Alt with S. To bring up the address lookup dialog, and I'm going to press the tab key. California and Los Angeles are already chosen, so I will press tab again. For the number, I'm going to type in 741 and press the tab key. I'm going to press type in Vermont and press tab. And I'll press spacebar to activate the lookup button. Vermont Street, Ed Combo, Vermont Ave, 105, Vermont Ave. 
and it gives me five choices, so I'm going to arrow down until I hear the correct one. Vermont Avenue, Vermont Avenue. And it says Vermont Avenue North, so I will press enter. At 741 and Vermont Avenue, Los Angeles. Address lookup dialog, actions dialog, explore position button. And this brings up the address actions menu, and the first choice in this menu is the explore position choice. So I will press enter. Enter at 741 Edward Montave, heading east, 51 feet left to Marathon Street, 322 feet right to Melrose Avenue, St. Daryl Max Roberts Leedman. Now, it is as if I'm standing in front of the building, looking away from the building. So, <clears throat> if I press the letter A, A address 741 North Vermont Avenue, it tells me I'm near 741 North Vermont Avenue. I can press the L key to turn to the right. I can travel south on New North uh, on Vermont Avenue, so I'm going to press the I key to move forward. I 321 feet south, Melrose Avenue, left and right. I can turn right on Melrose Avenue. L west on Melrose Avenue at North Vermont Avenue. And again, walk forward. I 324 feet west, North New Hampshire Avenue, right. And I'm going to turn right on North New Hampshire. L north on North New Hampshire Avenue at Melrose Avenue. And I'll walk forward again. I-815 feet north, Monroe Street, right at North New Hampshire Avenue, behind. I'll turn right. East on Monroe Street at North New Hampshire Avenue. And walk forward. I-328 feet east, North Vermont Avenue, right and left at Monroe Street, behind. Turn right on North Vermont. South on North Vermont Avenue at Monroe Street. And walk forward. I-67 feet south, Monroe Street, left. And walk forward again. I-376 feet south, Marathon Street, left. And again. I-374 feet south, Melrose Avenue, left and right. So I'm now back at Vermont and Melrose. So you can kind of explore around a neighborhood and get a feel for how the streets are laid out and how far apart the streets are. So basically, you can use the program to get a mental picture of uh, how the area is laid out, and, uh, and you can pretty much get a feel for how big the blocks are, and as you're walking along, you can look for points of interest so that you can kind of see what's around. So, um, so just looking up an address and then exploring virtually is, uh, is very helpful. Um, you can also create a route. Oh, you can also create a route with your, uh, with the program, and I won't go through that right now, but basically you put in, uh, your, your address that you want to go to, um, and you have a choice of selecting either a vehicle route or a pedestrian route and then you can review the route, you can walk through the route um, turn by turn, uh, you can also uh, print the route or open the route details, select the whole thing, copy it to a clipboard and paste it into a Word document and then you have an option of either printing it or if you have an embosser hooked to your computer you can emboss it uh, so that you have it for later reference. Um, the other, uh, there's the other features of the Sendero Maps program that has really changed with uh, Sendero Maps 2012 is the ability to update your GPS, the program itself, and also to automatically download and update your maps. That made a huge, uh, made, made the program much easier to use. And you can download also uh, transit points automatically, and you can download um, uh, user points that other people have created and copy them to your uh, SD cards for your note taker. Um, another thing that I've done a lot of is created points of interest on, say, the Braille note and then uh, 
they can be use the program to upload those points to the um, Sendero server, and then they're available for anyone else who wants to use them. Uh, we have it at the booth if you want to take a look at the program. It's $198, and there's some promotional kind of specials that are coming up before Christmas. So uh, check it out. It's very neat, and I think you would really um, uh, enjoy using it. And it, it, It's a very good program to help familiarize yourself with an area and just find interesting things.